This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a try to deep right. Away back. Goal. Go, hey. It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, good morning, A's fans. How is everybody doing? I hope you're doing well as we have another great show for you. Coming up on today's program, we've got Tim Neverett of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Today we are previewing the Dodgers, and we've been working on our Dodger trivia. I I have a Marty Lurie special for Johnny today. If he gets this, and it's a trivia question that my dad always had, You've got to be so knowledgeable. It's old school, but not crazy old school. Like we're not we're not taking you back to Brooklyn. It's LA. But I got to call you've got you've got a couple good ones too. Yeah. We're, no, we're, you're Dodger baseball. We're not going to ask him the cuz we saw on uh, Mad Dog show the first who hit the first home run at the Trop opposing and home player. We don't want to ask him that one. I mean, we know the answer, but cuz we looked it up. You can tell him who hit the first hole because is today like was this the year of the expansion of the of the Rockies and the uh, wait did the Rockies I thought the Rockies went in with the Marlins right yeah that would have been ninety three right yeah when one of the greatest maybe it's the twenty fifth anniversary of the the Rays one of the greatest bullpen sessions I've ever seen was opening day. Do you know, if we're talking trivia, and I do not want to start the show off with trivia, but this is classic. Do you know who the opening day starter for the Marlins, the Fish, was against the Los Angeles Dodgers? Do you know who the opening day starter was? And it's literally one of the greatest things I've ever seen on ESPN. I know the first pitch in Marlins franchise history was 49ers GM John Lynch, correct? John Lynch was a double-A pitcher yeah. for the Marlins. He was the very first pitcher ever to throw a pitch as a Marlin, uh, I guess, employee, you would call it. All right. so Because oh. they started, you know, with expansion teams, you start with minor league teams, and then the big league team comes. But who, through the first pitch in Marlins history, 
it's literally the greatest thing, one of the greatest things I've ever seen on ESPN. Who am I? Oh, the guy, all the guys I was going to say were later in Marlins history. It's No, it's not Kevin Brown. Wait, it's not Levon Hernandez? No. He it's, was... it's not Al Leiter? Levon um, Hernandez probably wouldn't even... Bo- well, he'd be a little kid. In Marlins history? Marlins history. Levon Hernandez wouldn't have been born? He played for the team like four years later. Uh, that's why I said oh. he would have been a little kid. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not even going to try to take a guess. Charlie Huff. The knuckleballer? And when he was warming up in the bullpen, it was a big deal, right? I'll never forget watching it. It's at the first game. It's the Marlins' first game, right? It's Dodgers. It's Marlins. And they go down and they put the camera on Charlie Huff. He's warming up in the bullpen smoking a cigarette. (laughs) Now, at the time, I'm playing college baseball, right? And I'm like, you think about everything we're trying to do. You're trying to lift. You're trying to gain weight. You're trying to throw harder. You're trying to do all these things. And here is a guy starting the first game ever in the history of the Marlins smoking a cigarette, smoking a cigarette, a heart dart, as he's in the bullpen warming up for the game, for this historic game, right? Because the minute you throw out the first pitch, it goes to the Baseball Hall of Fame and all that kind of stuff, and Charlie Huff was smoking cigarettes. Joe Pun, Director of Spring Training Business Operations down at Ho-Ho-Cam. If you are a spring training person, if you go down all the time, you see Joe. I uh, just want you to hear about everything that we're doing for your spring training experience down in Arizona. It's awesome. You need to go. I've had so many people say to me, like, I've always wanted to go. Well, go. Make it a priority. It's back to normal. Everything is back to normal. Get down to Arizona and get some spring training in your life. You're going to love it. It's, it's well, I mean, it hasn't been all that warm. But usually <laughs> it's 75 degrees, 80 degrees. I mean, the weather's great. As Joe's going to tell you, we got food trucks. We got great food. You can sit out on the berm. You can sit in the stadium. We got new things going. We got a whole now right field terrace kind of thing out in right field to hang out with chairs and stuff. I mean, it's like spring training's awesome. So for all of you, God, I've always wanted to do that. Or God, I've always wanted to go back. Joe Pun's going to make you want to go back. That's coming up here at 11 o'clock. And then Johnny Dosco will be doing the play-by-play today. Who are we playing today? The Dodgers. Well, that's right, the Dodgers. You can watch the game on MLB TV, MLB.TV or listen on AceCast and Bloomberg 960 AM today as we take on the 6-2 and two Dodgers. I found, by the way, found the first home run at the LA Coliseum also for the Dodgers. Well, yeah. not the Dodgers, just the first overall home run hit at the LA Coliseum. Not, it was by, wait for it, a giant. The first home runs. Remember, the Dodgers didn't start at Chavez Ravine. They started at the L.A. Coliseum. Oh, we got some Dodger trivia for Johnny today. Uh, yesterday's Colombian knowledge wasn't that great. Oh uh, no, he got he got Edgar Renteria. That was uh, the question. It was oh, the, he was uh, one for one. Yeah, on remember that? we stumped him the Diamondbacks trivia. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. He wasn't good with the Pablo Escobar trivia either <laughs> when we were going into Colombia. Uh, yes, we did lose to Team Colombia yesterday. I'm I'm just gonna tell everybody right now, WBC, I'm out. And when I'm out, as our old boss used to say, and when I'm out, I'm out. Go on. I'm out. You're going to play for three hours and 41 minutes? I'm out. You're going to play for three hours, 46 minutes? I'm out. Yes, he was from the East Coast. I mean, we're watching MLB Network this morning, and they put up the time of 
China, Japan, three hours and 46 minutes. And then Italy with the big win over Cuba, three hours and 41. I, I, I'm done. I, you're not. I am not, unless it's an A's game, that I will be taking phone calls after the game or it's a postseason game. I am never sitting around for three hours and 40 minutes again to watch a baseball game. Not doing it. Those days are gone. 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 The only reason I do it for football is because I got some scratch on it. There's, I mean, how many, how many times in your life can you really sit down for three hours and 45 minutes and just watch something on television on your couch? Yeah, you might get up, go to the bathroom, make something to eat, but, but dedicate in a day. You got 24 hours. You're going to dedicate three hours and 45 minutes. That's almost four hours to sit around and watch a baseball game. Like, the pitch pitch timer haters, you guys literally have no lives. You really have no life. And I'm going to say that and be honest with you. What kind of life do you have where you can dedicate three and a half to four hours every day to watching baseball? One team, one game. What else do you have going on? Do you have a significant other? Do you have kids? Do you have a job? Do you have a life? Do you have friends? Who literally can watch three and a half? And I so I know some, well, well, my friends are at the ballpark. Okay. What do you do when we go on the road? How can you sit there? Then it's not about baseball. Then I get it. It's about you and it's about you and your friends about you. And I get it. And we, we love all the fans that are willing to stick around for three hours and 45 minutes every night. But I, I what are you doing with your life? How do you have that much time? This is the whole point of the pitch timer. I got two hours, 36 minutes. I don't got three hours, 45. That is a long, long time. And that's watching on television. If you got to drive to the game, you got to park, you got to get there early. Now I got to drive home. You're talking about a baseball game every day being four and a half hours to five hours of your life. You only have 24 hours. You got to sleep. They want you to sleep eight hours. So if you're telling me I got to sleep eight hours and I got to do at least four plus hours because I got to get there, I got to park, I got, I mean, I don't have that many hours left in the day. I think asking people of my generation, my age group, about sitting there for three hours to watch a baseball game is a little different. because No, we- no, no. I'm not talking three hours. These games are three hours and 45, oh, yeah. three hours and 41. I know. No, excuse we- me, 346 and 341. I know, I know we have bad attention spans because of the iPhone and all the tablets and stuff. Yes. But so many people now binge watch shows on Netflix and HBO Max that they're there for 10-plus hours a day watching television. But, yeah, for baseball and other sports, no. I mean, I, I don't know how many people actually, besides football, they actually sit there and go, I watched every minute, every play, every inning, every pitch of well, the game. And then you'd go back and watch the tape, and you'd break it down yeah. frame by frame. Yeah, I, I need – well, you know, in our, when the A's play a game, I go back and watch the game the next morning too because I need to see <laughs> – especially now with all the young guys like Kyle Muller, I want to see how he locates a slider. Uh, uh, where, where, should we let him in on that joke? No, I think it's good to keep teasing. I think we should let him in. Well, we'll finally let you in on the joke. Our old colleague, Greg Papa, used to lie about how much, or he still does probably. I don't listen to his show on KMBR. He absolutely lies 
on all this stuff that he watches. That he literally said a Warrior game, playoff game, because back then when he was on 95.7 and he was working at the time for NBC Sports Bay Area, that he went back and watched the Warrior playoff game frame by frame to where the great Michael Baird, who works for us, the A's, as our head engineer and also works for NBC Sports Bay Area, said, do you realize how long it would take you to watch a game frame by frame? Frame by frame. You would have to, like, do it every day, all day, for, like, months. Papa did it in a – Papa did it in, like, a 10-hour span. I went back and watched it frame by frame. I've gone back and watched this game three times. Well, if you need to go back and watch something three times, maybe you didn't watch it the first time. I, I always love that. Not just him when, when anyone goes. I went back and watched the game. Well, then all- it made everybody on 95.7, our generation of 95.7, it made everybody – everybody became YouTube scouts. Now everybody's like, I went back and watched – I was watching the film. You know, I was watching the Niner game, and I saw McGlinchey's feet were so great on the that. The All-22 – I don't even I don't even know how to get that all twenty two. Well, yeah, it's it's basically I got up. Yeah, but I, I do go back and watch every. A's I can game. go back and watch every single game. I can watch the all. It takes a few days, but the all twenty two is the is the camera from the end zone. So you can do that. Not you got to pay for it, but you yeah. can do that. Well, you know, I I watch the games back for the A's because I watch the uh, RPMs on every pit breaking ball they throw. Every one, well, and Wal- I count them. Waldy, when Waldy's on the mound. By the way, speaking of that. Uh, so whenever we – you'll now know the joke when we say we went back and watched it frame by frame. Uh, whenever I see Kyle Moeller and three and two-thirds, a couple strikeouts, I just – I get excited. You give me six, seven. You give me determined. Uh, I'm pretty – I'm – there's some kids on this team – that I think you got to really – there's something here. There is there is definitely – like they came out with our top 30 prospects. Normally, I could care less, right? Prospects are suspects. Until you can come up and help us win, what does it matter? I, I Our fascination with prospects in baseball is crazy because the odds are they won't be great players. I mean, if we're going to be a data-driven sport, there's certain things that we allow the data not to really you – know, we're all about data on certain things, but then we let the the other data just slide by and act like it's not there, right? Because, all right, let me give you your top ten, according to MLB.com, A's prospects. Tyler Soderstrom, number one. Okay, no-brainer. Ken Waldachek, number two. Number three, Zach Geloff. Number four, Mason Miller. Number five, Kyle Moeller. Number six, we call him Esty Ruiz. Number seven, playing for Team Columbia, Jordan Diaz. Number eight, Daniel Susak. And number nine, who also went yesterday, Freddie Tarnock. He went two and two and two-thirds, one earned run. He's going to start games for the A's this year, coming over from the Braves. And number 10, to the Dave Letterman top 10, uh, is Max Muncy 2.0. Not the original Max <laughs> Muncy, 
who couldn't hit for the A's, then all of a sudden went to the Dodgers and mysteriously, oh, he changed his swing, and now hits bombs, and then he's back to not hitting bombs. But Max Muncy, 2.0. Now, out of those 10 players, reality is those 10 guys, the majority of them will not have long careers in Major League Baseball. The odds are not one will be a Hall of Famer. The odds get a little bit better that you could potentially have an all-star, but that's still not great. If you look at the data, if you look at the odds, the majority of these guys won't have, and you could do this for all 30 teams. Guys could play in the big leagues. I mean, let's just go over who we just used to have. Remember when we had A.J. Puck at the top up there? Jesus Lazardo. Jesus Lazardo. I mean, Sean Murphy. Are they getting the bust ready? At the bust. Canton, Ohio. Are they getting the plaques ready <laughs> at, in Cooperstown for AJ Puck? No. Are they getting one ready for for any of the any of the guys that we used to have? If you just want to look, the, the guys would be Puck, Lazardo, Murph, Matt Chapman, Matt Olson. And once again, Matt, the only guy that's going to get votes out of any of those guys will be Olson. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm trying Wilson to get- will actually get by the by the it's, I, 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 I used to say this, but I didn't want to get crazy on it because I didn't think they were going to be leaving when they did. That kind of threw me for a loop. Uh, you know, it's always a possibility. I thought they went faster than they would, but it is what it is. I always thought Matt was like Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman struggles to make contact. If I'm anybody, I'm going to sign Matt Olson. That's the guy I wanted to sign. I wanted him long term. Great defensively, hits bombs. His game will play for a long, long time. And you know, and 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 you know where the rubber is going to meet the road for Matt Chapman. It's this year. This is the year. You turn down 150 from the A's. He's a free agent after this season. So this is at his age. If he is ever going to cash in, this would be the year. So he's got to have a big year to get something. But if he doesn't have, if he has another, you know, hit 240, 20 home runs, plays good defense, he's not getting a, he's not getting a mega deal. So I went back, I agree. I went back and look, looked at the 2017 top 10. Well, A's you got prospects. a Hall of Fame right at the top. I can see <laughs> the top. I see one name. If this doesn't tell you. The A's made a deal, a major deal, based off this guy. He soon will be getting the call from Cooperstown because he will be a Hall of Famer someday. You guys all couldn't wait for him. You love talking about him. Oh, this kid is going to be so special. He's going to be hell on wheels. Please read this future Hall of Famer's name. The shortstop Franklin Barreto. Remember Franklin Barreto? How great Franklin Barreto was. Pretty sure he's an Astro now, right? Wasn't he an Astro at some point? They did the Donaldson deal just because they threw Franklin Barreto in there. Great player. What a great player. All right, so here you go. Here's the top ten. Give me this top ten, my God. This is 2017. So is is this going to prove my data correct, that the majority of these guys, we sit there and go, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, the majority of them, won't even have great careers. So I did this the year before the team started. No one's going to be a Hall of Famer. I will bet. I, I I will bet. Like I said, it's very rare one will even be an All Star, let alone have a really good career. So I did this the year before the A's were back in the postseason in 2018. 
Franklin Barreto, AJ Puck, which is a, like not even a year after he was drafted. Oh. Matt Chapman. There's your all star. Jarrell Cotton. Oh. Frankie Montas, who's not even going to pitch this year for the Yankees, most likely. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't throw him under the bus. They say maybe back. Have yep. some faith. That's our guy, Frankie. Toward, I, towards the Frankie, end of the year. I love Frank. Frankie Montas is a good dude. I'm a big Frankie Montas fan. We're rooting for you, Frankie. Remember Grant Holmes who came over in the no, Reddick deal? Oh, my God, great hair. Isn't he still with the team? I think he might be with I Vegas. I have no still. clue. Maybe not. Chad Pinder, now There's red. There's no way. He wasn't at spring training. We didn't see him at spring uh, training. And you'd see that hair at spring training. Uh, the Chad Pinder, now G- red's fame. Uh, Chi, who signed a minor league deal. Uh, this is when he was a shortstop, according to baseball. Minor America. league deal. Uh, right-handed pitcher Daniel Gossett. I always liked him. He's a Clemson guy, right? And he also, didn't he have Tommy John? I think he had, he a, had he all had kinds a, of stuff. He was a nice young man. Remember the kid out of Florida, Richie Martin? Richie Martin, yes. I remember uh, talking to his mother when he was drafted by us and he took batting practice at the field. I had a great conversation with his mother. And then number 10 was Bruce Maxwell, who did Ooh. debut with the Ace. Ooh. All right, let's go over that again. I said top ten, and I don't even know how I got on this because this is not how I wanted to start the show. Well, we're talking about the top ten prospects this year. Oh, yeah, that the list came out. But here you go. For the value, the majority of them will not have long careers. No one's going to be a Hall of Famer. You might get an all-star, and my data proves right. Matt Chapman is the only guy to make an all-star team, and a lot of these guys are out of baseball now. That's just 2017. And you can do that literally for every team. Every team. I almost forgot Chapman was an all-star. Two-time he, all-star, right? One. It was the year when the, he was the year he did the home run derby. Yeah, 29th, yeah. I, I thought he was just a home run derby guy, but I forgot he was an all-star that year. So, yeah, you're right. There was one. The, this is the top ten from six years ago, year for the A's, went back in contention. Just six years. Yeah. Barreto, Puck, Chapman, Cotton, Montas, Grant Holmes, Chad Pinder, Gossett, Martin, Maxwell, none of these guys are with the A's anymore. Remember Big Rob, our buddy Big Rob, who works for the A's? We were at that brewery in Mesa and swore to me Barreto was going to be a great player, and I kept going, no, he's not. You know, I'm curious. I'm worried. And I don't want to be a hater, right? Like it's, like, it's like you become this hater. and Like, I want all these guys to be stars. It, it, I mean, why, as a fan, why wouldn't you want them to be stars? I just know the data. The data says if we're going to be a data-driven league and a data-driven organization, what does the data say? What team is Franklin Barreto on now? Well, I got – well, he's not on the A's, That's right? correct, yep. So that gives me 29 choices. I'll, I'll make it easy. He's not, in the NL, he's not in the AL West anymore. He's not with the Astros or Angels. So he's out of the West. He's out of the West. He's on the East Coast. Can you at least give me a little more? East Coast. Okay, a little more. Uh, close to the Atlantic Ocean. On the Atlantic Ocean? No. How well do you know your geography? Washington, D.C. D.C. is not on the Atlantic Ocean. If I'm right on the Atlantic Ocean, because taking the Uber from the hotel, the trop is pretty close to the Atlantic Ocean. D.C. is not on the Atlantic Ocean. No, it's not. It would be the the Potomac River, yes. Yeah, Uh, which is saltwater, though. It's the, uh, the Nationals. Because you know sharks swim up into the Potomac. Really? Yeah. We, oh, well. You know where I found that out? You know more about sharks than anybody else. You know where I found that out? When I was at George Washington's crib. Have you ever been to George Washington's crib, Mount Vernon? I have not. In Virginia? Wow. Incredible. Martha Washington. So George Washington's wife was rich. 
if you ever get a chance, go to Mount Vernon in Virginia. It's his spread is this house. He had this massive property. It's gorgeous. It's I mean, Virginia's gorgeous. And um, you go out the back, and it's massive hill that goes down to the Potomac. He had this dock, and it just it overlooks the Potomac. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. I've been to, but I've, yes, sharks go into the Potomac River. Uh, two things, real quick. I've been to Arlington, though. Arlington is a I recommend that Arlington is a National very Cemetery. moving. I didn't realize JFK was buried there. Well, I was like, wow. My my mother's trying to get my grandfather into uh, the tomb of the unknown soldier. soldier. You got to see that. Yeah, it was a, it was really know moving your history, together. folks. Uh, speaking of sharks, the San Jose Sharks. There's an article on the Athletic. Big fans of Formula One of that show and the show. Yep. And, I, I, and the races. Tell, I had people reach out to me after the show yesterday going, hey, I totally agree. Yeah. Stop giving me fluff and give me hardcore. Give me the real. That's what modern-day sports fans want. Modern-day sports fans want have a crew. Follow us around. Follow the team around. Follow the draft. Follow the winter meetings. Follow it. We want to see it. We want to see how it works. We want to be on the inside. That's what we love. Um so, just some highlights of yesterday. I mean, Connor Capel, I've been bullish on this guy. I, I've been saying it. I got to see him in my outfield. I like him as a player. I like the player, speaking of Greg Papa. Uh, Connor Capel can hit. Connor Capel, I don't have it in front of me. He got a shot in St. Louis. I think it was like nine games. It wasn't it yet. It's like nine games, like 16, 17 at-bats. Check, fact check me, CNN. Connor Capel in 2022 played in nine games with the uh, the Cardinals. He hit 176. Like 16 or 17 at bats. He 17 at bats with one home run. Don't doubt my Connor Capel knowledge. Now the University of Texas, hook him. Uh, Who's his godfather? Do you know this? That would be Roger Clemens. Have you ever uh, heard of at, him? Look at you knowing a lot about Connor Capel. Oh, I've been stumping you every day. He comes in with his tri- trivia. I've been smoking his trivia. I've been owning your. I own your Dodger trivia. I own your Marlins trivia. Don't go trivia with me. Uh, what was one? Oh, I got you with the uh, the Dodger rookies of the year. Let's see, if Johnny. Knows no, I that. got three of them. Yeah, there's a guy named two of the four infielders for the Dodgers million dollar infield. Yeah, this guy. <laughs> this he couldn't come up with Bill Russell and Ron Say. Hey, I got one half of the infield. That's terrible. Yeah, Garvey, and you thought Davy Lopes was a shortstop. Yeah. He was the second baseman. Um. There's a Garvey trivia question for Johnny, too, but don't yes. give that away. And, and by, by the way, who got the Garvey trivia question? Uh, you did. Yes, thank you. Um, but, yeah, Connor Capel, it's just a reality that if you're in certain organizations, it's like Ryan Nota. If you're in certain organizations, you get blocked. And Connor Capel was in arguably top three or run organizations. That'd be that, You know what? That would be an actually an interesting topic. Who are the best run organizations? St. Louis is up there. St. Sure. Louis has got to be up there. I mean, look at their. Just think about this. Their outfield right now. They have Tyler O'Neill. They traded Harrison Bader, but they their outfield is always Lars Newtbar, who's playing for Team Japan. Yeah, and they have one. Uh, why am I blank on it? But anyway, they always have good outfielders. So of course, Connor Capel is blocked. But if you're looking at best run organizations, I'd say St. Louis. Connor Capel got to put the Dodgers. Connor Capel's going to get abs for the A's. I'm excited about him. Puts the ball in play. It's got a little more of a flatter swing, barrel stays through the zone, makes contact. All right, coming up next, our spring training previews continue. We're talking about the Los Angeles Dodgers because yesterday – 
Padres were talking big. They've slayed the dragon. Well, how does the dragon feel about that? We'll find out next right here on A's Cast Live. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Yeah, let's get Tim in here and talk a little Dodger baseball as we're previewing the NL West. And this is going to be it for us in the NL West. Then we're going to move on to the Central. Tim, great to have you on again. How are you? Great. Thanks, Chris. Happy to be here. Well, I got to tell you, we did the Padres yesterday, and it was like, wow, the confidence. I mean, people forget Dodgers won 111 games. Dodgers have been to the playoffs 10 straight years. They've won the National League West nine out of those 10. They've won 104 games four out of the last five years. San Diego has basically a good two weeks, and they're acting like they've slayed the dragon. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The Dodgers are still the Dodgers last time I checked, right? They're still the Dodgers, and they still have 162 games to play. The one thing is is that you're going to see fewer games against each other now because of the way the division is, right? So there's only going to be 13 games between the Dodgers and the Padres, not 19 like there were before, uh, thanks to the new schedule. But you know what? I think it's great in a way that, uh, you know, they've improved quite a bit. I think it's great that uh, they're going to be competitive. Uh, I think uh, the Dodgers went 14 and five against them in the regular season last year. And they just won a couple of games when it really counted at the end. And that was disappointing, certainly for the Dodgers to be gone in the division series. But as far as, uh, you know, the regular season, you know, they don't throw you a parade. If you win the regular season, you got to win the world series to get a parade. And that's what the Dodgers aim is every single year is to win a world series. How tough was it for the Dodgers when Gavin Lux went down, knowing what the expectations were for him in the middle of the infield there for Dodger Blue? Uh, Really tough, really tough because, you know, they're going to miss his bat this year. He's a good offensive player. He can run the bases really well. Uh, He was uh, coming into his own as a shortstop and uh, started short for the Dodgers, right? I mean, what kid wouldn't want to do that? Growing up playing baseball, hey, I'd love to be the starting shortstop for the Dodgers. Well, Gavin Lux was about to live his dream, and it's going to take him a a little longer to recover now. He had surgery two days ago. Uh, Everything came out of it okay, as far as we understand. But in the meantime, Miguel Rojas is going to be the guy that is going to take over the everyday duties at shortstop. Uh, So we'll get used to seeing Miguel Rojas there. Chris Taylor will back up. But I would suspect that the Dodgers would be on the hunt for somebody in the trade market, 
uh, free agent market, trade market, whatever market. Uh, they're constantly, like every other team, looking to get better. So just because this is the way it starts doesn't mean that's the way it's going to finish. You know, the thing about when you look at the Dodgers last year, their run differential was just so much better than anybody else. Uh, you, you know, I understand it didn't end the way they wanted to, but, but, you know, when you're Dave Roberts and you're going into the season, you still got to remember you got a lot of great players and he had a really good year. How much have they talked about that or any, or maybe even having like a new chip on their shoulder going into this year? Well, that's a good question, Chris, because they, they have a chip on their shoulder. If a, a team that just won 111 games can have one, they've got one. And they really have thought about things uh, to a man. Uh, they're using it as motivation for this year because not only do they have to get through the regular season, but they've got to get into the postseason and do well there. That's the name of the game. That's all that you know the folks care about here in LA is, is winning in the postseason. Um, so again, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's a cliche. You've heard it a million times, but it doesn't. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what happens in April, May, and June. It's it's what happens in October. And so that's their goal. That's where they're trying to get to. And if the Padres are in the way, then so be it. But if the Padres have a great year, then they have a great year. It's going to be fun in Southern California either way. You know, Mookie Betts is truly one of the primetime guys that we have in our game. And when someone always plays on the East Coast and it's just, you know, the way the way it works, we're always in batting practice when they're, when they're playing at 4 o'clock. So you only get to see guys so much. Now that you've gotten to see him over the years, just talk about what an overall special talent he is. I've seen Mookie grow quite a bit. I was with him in Boston for three years. Uh, missed him in 2019 when he was still with Boston and I was with the Dodgers. And then uh, what ended up happening was uh, he comes over here and he's been he's been absolutely exceptional in terms of everything he's done on on the field, off the field. Uh, We're looking forward to seeing him play in the WBC. But I've watched him grow as a player and a person from a young player who used to look up to the veterans. And now he's that veteran that the young players look up to. And and why not? He's a great example. He's a table setter. Uh, He's going to lead off. There's been some talk that they might move him down in the order to number two, maybe, but I mean, the guy scores a ton of runs. Why would you want to move him out of that spot? He provides instant offense. He has only two hits this spring. Both of them are home runs, leadoff home runs. So, um, I, I, you know, watching him play, not only offensively, but defensively, I don't think there's a better player with uh, base running instincts, uh, better than Mookie Betts. Uh, plus, we're going to see him play a lot of second base this year. Uh, he, he's really? the position he came up as. I think he's going to come in and play second base quite a bit. I think you'll see him in the WBC playing second base also. So with Gavin Lux being out, that opens up a hole for an outfielder uh, because you've got an infielder and Chris Taylor moving in to play short. I think Mookie Betts is going to come in to play second, ease some of that pressure too. And if you need a bowling partner, he's your guy. Well, not, not if you're betting. <laughs> He'll take all your money. <laughs> you know, that, that, there, that's the thing that's interesting about L.A. this year is that there's just different – it's it's going to be different. Like Justin Turner, who was a great leader inside that clubhouse, is now gone. He's in Boston. J.D. Martinez comes in, going to be a full-time D.H. to where the Dodgers utilize the D.H. to get a lot of different guys rest and kind of have days off and just hit. I mean, they're still going to be really good, but just talk about how there's just going to be, as you, you've kind of alluded to, there's going to be a lot of different moving parts. Yeah, there always have been in the Dodger lineup. Uh, they used to be where, you know, Max Muncy could play either first, second, or third. 
on any given night. Chris Taylor could play second, short, right field, or center field, left field. So you've got to you've got to be very versatile to be on this roster in most cases. Um, and with JD Martinez being the DH, I was I asked uh, one of the coaches the other day on one of the backfields. I said, did he even bring a glove here to Arizona? And he said, I think he did. I think he did. But he brought a lot of batting gloves. I know that. Yeah. So. You know, he's in the lineup today against the A's. Uh, looking forward to seeing him get that swing going again. And when you look at J.D. Martinez, and he was another guy I was with in Boston, you, you really appreciate when he starts hitting that gap double to right center. That He's got that opposite field power. And that's when you know he's going really well. Uh, he does have, you know, gap-to-gap power. He can hit it out of the ballpark. Uh, but also he's a good doubles guy. And, and that's really what the Dodgers are looking for is just to have him drive in some runs. Well, the Dodgers uh, obviously are one of the model franchises when you look at doing it with your farm system and having that talent. Is this a, is this a year where they're going to need some of that talent to come up and produce at the big league level? I think so. You know, you'll see some today. Ryan Pepio uh, will pitch today. Uh, Michael Grove pitched last night. We've got Andre Jackson waiting in the wings. He, he came up, made his major league debut last year. So they've got some depth in the pitching department. In the field, a player named Michael Bush is getting closer to making an impact. A highly touted prospect can really swing. And somebody who's on the travel roster today, and we'll get to see him a lot, I think, in the next week or so at least, is Diego Cartaya, who is certainly not a finished product by any means. He's still a very young kid, but he's the Dodgers' number one prospect at catcher. And uh, today we'll probably see him swing the bat a little bit. Uh, Miguel Vargas, another homegrown guy, he'll be back in the lineup today at second base. And the Dodgers are going to let him swing the bat today. He's had a hairline fracture in his right pinky finger. He's been playing defense in uh, Cactus League games, but they sent him to the plate to not swing. He just went up there to track pitches, and he walked four times. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. And the opposition knew he wasn't swinging. Yeah. So that's baseball. But he he's going to swing the bat. He's going to bat second today. And I wouldn't be surprised to be swung at the first pitch today. He's been dying to let go. <laughs> that is unbelievable. I saw that on Twitter. I, I could not believe that. That is actually uh, really sad. Walker Bueller is truly one of the special talents. It's unfortunate, a second Tommy John surgery. I mean, obviously, you're not going to want to rush him whatsoever. Is there any talk that he you could maybe see him at the end of the season, or is this like take the year, get as healthy as possible, and we'll see you in 2024? <laughs> Uh, I think we're going to see him this year. I do. Uh, he's been in uniform at Cactus at, at uh, Camelback Ranch. He's throwing again already. Wow. Uh, not pitching, but playing catch at 60 feet. He's done that, I think, three times right now. I, I talked to him the other day, and uh, he said he was feeling great. I don't think he's going to rush things. I don't think the team will rush him at all, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him by September. You know, August, maybe, maybe. But probably September. I wouldn't be surprised if he's back and ready to go. And then you look at Clayton Kershaw. Great to see him back. And it's just so important in our game to really still have some guys stay with the whole organization their whole career. And, you know, he is the modern Dodger that you think about Dodger baseball. You think Clayton Kershaw. Just how important it is to have him still around when we have so much player movement? There's stability there. And the young players see him and they see a future Hall of Famer and they go, I want to be around that guy. I want some of that to rub off on me. And and so he's falling around. Like yesterday, he pitched a bullpen over at the complex and he draws a crowd, right? I mean, I was in the crowd and a lot of people were in the crowd watching him throw a bullpen. 
he hasn't thrown in a Cactus League game yet, but I think that's going to change uh, maybe as soon as tomorrow uh, against the Angels. I think he could go tomorrow, uh, maybe Saturday against the Cubs, but I'm, I'm thinking tomorrow. Um, but just to watch him, the way he goes about his work, his work ethic, young players really learn from him. They like being around him. I mean, heck, the older players like being around him because yeah. I mean, this guy's done it all, and uh, all you can do is learn from him. Let's end on this. Your son, Matt, does play-by-play for the Las Vegas Aviators for us. Just how proud are you of him and just exciting times to be at that level? I, I, I couldn't be more proud. I mean, you know, today he's doing four college basketball games in the Big West Tournament uh, for ESPN, and then he'll, he'll get back doing baseball here soon. Uh, but he's thrilled. I'm thrilled for him. Uh, you know, I just saw Johnny Dosco. I've known Johnny since I was – working in vegas that's how old johnny is i know he's coming up um but but johnny got to know him and the first thing ken korak said to me today was hey i saw your son at big league weekend you know those are the kind of little things that make me feel really good about what matt's doing and and i know that you know when he's been on in the past to talk about the aviators he loves doing that and uh you know it's just it's just the growth in the business it's not an easy business as we all know but he's at a good level right now, and uh, I'm really proud of him. He's, I think he's getting ready to do some good things. Well, we always appreciate your time. Thanks for stopping by. Good luck with Dodger Blue this year. We'll be checking in with you later during the season, and have a great call today. Yeah, anytime. I'm happy to do it. Thanks, Tim. Thank Dodger Blue. You know they won 111 games last year, right? Yeah, they were pretty good, and – we- uh, wait, you know what? I, I'm just gonna. I, I, it was himbo, and the reason why. We- oh no, no! I have the audio. Bo- I have the video. Of both of them, Jesse Agler. If you want to play him, and then we can play himbo. Okay, you know what? I'll prepare for this. Okay, so yesterday. I mean, let's just get ready for. As a baseball fan, you're a baseball. We're baseball fans, right? Obviously, A's fans. But here on this show, we do all baseball, right? That's the beauty of A's Cast Live. We're like literally the only show, especially in the Bay Area, that talks baseball, let alone just A's baseball. We talk Giants baseball. We talk Major League Baseball. We're we're the only we are the only show, it's sad, but we're the only show in the Bay Area that's covering every team. We're gonna go to every camp. This was this was something that used to happen all the time. Now it's just we're going to hammer the same topics of Warriors, 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 Warriors. And it's the draft, and Niners. I mean, we're going to cut. If you're a baseball fan, whether you're an A's fan or not, this is where you come. How much Major League Baseball we talk? We're the only show at the winter meetings. We're the only show that goes to spring training anymore. This is where you come for baseball. So yesterday, Jesse Agler of the San Diego Padres is my question in there? Uh, yes. All right. Jesse, in my opinion, I'm just going to give you my opinion. I think what the Padres did last year was cool. It was good for baseball. But I'm not going to sit here and say that the Padres have slayed the Dragon when technically they have won nothing but two playoff series. They haven't sustained anything long term. They haven't had any kind of run. They haven't they've only the Padres have only won five divisions in their franchise history. 
The last division title the Padres won, I want to say Bruce Bochy was still the manager, right? 07 or 06? Sounds right, yeah. Right? So what dragon have you slayed? And, and, and I say this. Do I have time? Yeah, plenty of time. All right. So I say this out of respect to our friends with the Houston Astros. I would not go out and say if, like, let's say we beat the Astros in a playoff series. You would not hear me after that in the offseason going, we slayed those you-know-whats. Hey, Astros, stick it. Because we won a playoff series, and they've been kicking our ass for years. You're, you think I would have the nerve to come on here and say that we the curse is broken? We've slayed the Astros. No, we beat them in a playoff series. Anybody can beat anybody in a playoff series. It's a tournament, right? Anything can happen. We had the chance in 2020 in the Astros. Do you think anybody has slayed the Houston Astros? Uh, no. No. Especially not in the AL. Have the Astros won the World Series? Okay, the Astros have been to the ALCS six straight years. So no one in the AL slayed them. Well, somebody has. They haven't won it every year. They've only won it two out of the six years. But is you going to say anybody slayed the Astros? No. That's ignorant, right? That would just, you'd be like, you're you're an idiot. Like, I would not have any nerve to say that, ha, 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 we got the Astros number now. <laughs> hey, seriously, right? I, it's, I'm just laughing because it's so funny because how good Houston's been. So, I'm instead of using the Dodger-Padre argument, I'm using our argument against the Astros. Like, how good the Astros Oh, we own Altuve and Bregman now. Dusty Baker's hey. staying up at night worrying about it. You think Dusty Baker's staying up at night worrying about the Mariners? No, it's funny because, like, remember when Come on. Remember when we played them when they were the, the Astros? I, I remember that when, yeah, they, were that was the, a long when time. they were in the NL Central, then they joined the AL West. 14, baby. The A's owned them. 13, 14. The A's owned them, and then what happened since? The Astros uh, slayed the dragon of the A's in the AL West. It's ridiculous. But, okay, so I don't know. I'm going to ask Jesse Agler the question, like, hey, great you beat them in the playoffs last year, but they've still been whooping you for years. Have you slayed the dragon? This is this is literally how everybody in San Diego feels. I did as everybody is. They still haven't slayed the dragon yet. I know they want a playoff series. And, I, and we just did the Diamondbacks yesterday. I'm kind of bullish on the Diamondbacks. We love Tori Lovello. I think they got a lot of speed and a lot of athleticism. I think they're going to be better than people think. Um, but just, you know, just talk about that, the rivalry between the Padres and the Dodgers. The Padres still need to win a division. That, to me, more will be slaying the Dragon than just one playoff series. I actually disagree, you know, and for a couple of reasons. You know, I think one, like last year, really did feel like slaying the Dragon because it sort of was like, all right, you went 5-14 and 14 against them in the regular year, but so what? You know, the Dodgers walked away, you know, with nothing while the Padres moved on to the National League Championship Series. Now, you add to that the fact that you get rid of two series this year with the new schedule. So all of a sudden, you know, it's not 19 games where it felt like every one, you know, it's, it's just a different feel. They matter that much less mathematically, like the Dodger games matter less now than they did in the last 20 years. And then the next thing is, is on top of all of that, uh, the, the playoff format, you know, and, and this extra spot. And I know having the buy would be nice, you know, by winning the division. But again, I go back to what I said earlier about the, the goal is to win the world series. You know, whether you win the wild card or the National League West, I don't know that it matters 
Um, you know, if you if you go on to win the World Series, which is what they care about, which is what they're trying to do, I don't think they're going to look back and be like, well, we didn't win the division. You know, so I, I really feel like it's it's a goal. Don't get me wrong. And, and everybody would be thrilled if they won the division. And it would definitely be a big deal. There will be a pen and hung, you know, if they win the National League West in 2023. I don't want to, you know, discount that in any way. But, oh. you know, if they win the division and go out of the NLCS, they would they would much prefer to be a wild card that, that goes to the World Series. So I, I think it in a weird way, it's almost bigger than the Dodgers now for the Padres. That was kind of the the, the dragon. That was kind of the thing that they were chasing, you know, these last few years. And now it, it, it again, in part because of the playoff format, in part because of the schedule, and in part because of what happened in the postseason last year, to me at least, and look, we'll see once the season gets going, but to me at least it, it kind of feels like it's, it's almost secondary now. What did you notice about that? Now that I, I'm, I'm seeing that for the first time, what are you noticing about that? That they don't even – it's all about – well, for me, it's they don't even care about the Dodgers, it seems like. It's all about winning the World Series. What did you notice about the video? Oh. Did you see the look on my face? Oh, yeah, you're just kind of deadpan. You just kind of – I was like, okay. I was like, okay. Okay, I get it. I get it. I hear you. Because uh, my brother, my friends from, from San Diego, they all feel this way. And I'm like, okay. Um. The Dodgers last year, run differential was plus 334. The Padres was plus 45. Oh, Hembo addresses this, too. Do the math. That's a difference of 289. That any good? 289. I mean, it's like, it's like, you just listen to that. You'd think the Padres, if you just listened to that, if you saw that yesterday or you listened to that today, you'd think the Padres have won something. Most teams who win the World Series win their division. Yeah, a lot of the times. There's yeah. been a few wild card teams won. Been a few. But the data, for a data-driven business, data says you win the division, more chance of winning the World Series. Now it's, it doesn't matter. It's just World Series. Never won. The franchise has been in two World Series and only won one World Series game. Haven't won a division title since Bruce Bochy. And because they go out and spend like drunken sailors, <laughs> now, 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 now they're big. They're walking around. I mean, that's a dangerous thing. That is a really dangerous thing to walk around like you're the heavyweight champ and you've never won anything. Right? In sports, you walk around like you're the heavyweight champion and you've never knocked anybody out. You've won fights, but you've never knocked anybody out. I mean, that is a dangerous, dangerous game. You know what? I'm going to see we're, we're, we're honoring Steve Usinich Saturday in Arizona. Uh, retirement party number 30 for him. And... <laughs> Uh, I'm emceeing it, so I'm flying back down to Arizona for the third time, by the way, going to the Valley of the Sun again. Three straight months. And I'm going to see Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin's going to be there. I'm going to be like, hey, man, is this what it's like in your camp? You guys are, like, putting on the championship belt, and you've never won anything. You guys are already planning the parade. They're in the gas lamp in downtown San Diego, and you've won nothing. I mean, it's kind of like, wow. It's like a team signs a bunch of people, got some of that, and all of a sudden they're walking around. 
training camp talking about we're going to win the Super Bowl. Can you imagine if this was covered like football, how many people would be like, slow your ass down, you haven't won anything. Football is a different animal. Football, they want to – football people, if you haven't won it and you haven't proved it yet, keep it shut. Padres are a different, different animal. They're walking around like they're King Kong, and they haven't beaten Godzilla yet. Now. Good movie. Flip side, right after that, Paul Himbikides is the top researcher for ESPN. He does all the research for Monday Night Football. He does all the research for Sunday Night Football. He's on television on their morning show, Get Up, which is super early out here. And he wrote a book. Well, helped write a book. But he's he's a big deal at ESPN. And we're lucky to have a – we've somehow established a relationship. He pops on every week, Buster Olney's podcast. Uh, but he's he, he's their top research guy. So he's constantly researching, and he's now a T – you know, he's gone from being just the research guy to now being a TV personality because he's really good on air. He does the podcast with Mike Greenberg. He's all over the place. We're lucky. We are lucky to have him. He's really brilliant. He comes on just after what you just saw yesterday. After Jesse Agler's telling me, what do you I disagree. We've slayed the dragon. This is what Paul Hembikides has to say about the Padres slaying the dragon. That is the team we are covering today, the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Padres are not going to win the National League West this year. And the Dodgers are going to once again, and they're going to do so by at least 10 games. 10. The Dodgers are still considerably better than the San Diego Padres. Anything can happen in the playoffs, and that was evidenced last year in the playoffs, right? Like That's a whole different – like the tournament is one thing. I'm talking about 162 games right here, okay? Look at their run differentials last year. I don't have the standings in front of me. But last year, the Dodgers were 290 runs better than the Padres were. You don't make up that's – not, that's not an exaggeration. It's it is true. a statement of fact. You don't yeah. make up. 290 runs by assembling a, a constellation of a few stars for all of the stars, for all the star power and for all the celebrity and for all the win probability swings that Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis and Xander Bogarts and Manny Machado are going to provide the Dodgers over 162 are more than going to make up for with their ruthless process and player development. The Dodgers have something like half a dozen top 100 prospects that are going to cheaply contribute to the big league club this year, the Padres don't have any of those guys. The shot that the Padres have already emptied the clip. The Dodgers have many bullets left in their chamber, and they're coming from a position of strength, having destroyed this division last year during the regular season. Historically great. Now, again, the playoffs are a different animal, and the Padres are uniquely equipped to win playoff series because of that constellation of stars that they have assembled, and that does often win playoff series. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. The Dodgers are going to win the National League West this year, and they're going to do so by at least 10 games again. Uh, I, I don't disagree about the Dodgers winning the division. I mean, you look at the guys they've lost, and Hembo still thinks 10 games. Here's some of the guys they've lost. Both Turners, Trey and Justin. Tyler Anderson, who was good for them, now an angel. Belly's gone. Andrew Heaney's gone. Joey Gallo's gone. Trevor Bauer, who they gave that huge deal to, who never your really list, pitched. Your them. list is terrible. Of guys that those are. No one cares that Joey Gallo's gone. Trevor Bauer didn't even I'm, play. I'm just giving guys that well, Gallo was the guy that. Quite- That's why I'm saying your list stinks. 
That's what, what is that? Tra- the, the guy that matters is Trey Turner and Tyler Anderson. Justin Turner doesn't count. No, Justin Turner is not even close to the player he used to be. Now his leadership, yes. You're bringing Joey. Ga- I'm just Joey saying, Gallo. I'm just naming you guys. They they traded. Did they, did get, they trade yeah. for him at the deadline? Yes or no? I get. Who cares? He's nobody. Who's Joey Gallo? Well, I'm just saying it's a guy they went out and thought that he. You're they could giving fix. me a bogus list. Trevor Bauer. How many innings did Trevor Bauer? They won 111 games last year. How many games did he pitch? None. So how's he? How's he significant? I'm just naming guys. They got. I I, I know you're just naming guys. You're just naming guys. The Dodgers. I seriously. Justin Turner, you don't think I can replace Justin Turner? It, 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 what was his war? We can't replace him with a replacement player, according to your data. It's going to be Muncie playing third base. Turner, Tell me, can we can we replace his war? 2.0. Can we replace a 2.0 war? Yeah, what was Muncie? What Muncie's was last year? Muncie stinks now. 2.7. So I can't replace Turner? Well, not, that, that's what he's talking about. That's exactly what I know, he's plus, talking about. Yeah, they, and they got Vargas and these guys. As, What's Bellinger? Can I? You put Bellinger on there. Tell me what Bellinger did last year. They won 111 games. Tell me the great contribution Bellinger had. I'm not a Dodger fan, by the way. I hate the Dodgers. Somehow I'm sticking up for the Dodgers. But I got to keep it real. One hundo, as the kids say. Do the kids still say that? Well, yeah, one, uh, 1.2. I can't replace a 1.2 war? I mean, I'm just naming guys that – I, mean, I know what you're doing, but I think you're skewing it. He had 500 at bats last year. He was an everyday player. And he stunk. He did. I'm not saying he was great. Well, you're saying the guys they lost. When you put out a list that says guys lost, you're saying they lost these guys. That's not losing somebody. It's like you could show up and have a 1.2 war. Mm, that's, that's a stretch. Do you see Do you see who they're, who they're replacing? In the out- what, he just talking about the Vargas kid has had – how many at bats didn't even swing? Yeah, and he's got four walks. Here, here's the guys that replaced. They uh, on paper could replace. Give me the guys they're bringing in. Here's the guy, some of the guys they brought. Versus in. this bogus list. JD Martinez can swing it. Uh, Miguel Rojas. He's gonna be a pivotal part now at shortstop. By the way, he left the game early this year. A calf. Yeah, some, it was. In, I know his injuries coming. What? Jason Hayward. Can he still play? No. Uh, I think they brought Jimmy Nelson back again. Alex Reyes, a former flamethrower reliever. Uh, David Peralta. Who's probably going to play, play for them. Noah Syndergaard. Going to play. And there was uh, – oh, and Trace Thompson's going to be one of their outfielders. Well, the big thing for the Dodgers, since we're previewing the Dodgers today, the big thing is going to be they're going to rely on some of their – they've had these guys that they say are so great in the minor league system. We're now going to see. Yeah, like Tim mentioned today, Ryan Pepio starting. He's we're one of the pitchers see. they've been wanting. Bobby Let's Miller's go. another guy. Bush Let's is an, another guy, position player. Now, here's the guys they have on the injured list to start the year. Uh, Walker Bueller, he's pretty good. We discussed that. Gavin Lux. Yeah, that's that's the biggie. Blake but Trinan. But you know what? Trinan again. Lux, we don't know how good he is. They've been telling us how good he is. Gavin Lux hasn't done anything that makes you go, wow. But yeah, they, well, they just never wanted to trade him. Right? <laughs> he's never done anything. Blake Trinan, once again, Blake Trinan was hurt all last year. They won 111 games. He pitched a little bit, but yeah, he was hurt most three quarters of the year, I would say. 111 games. So everything you throw out, they won 111 games last year. They had a plus. Do I need to go over this again? They had a plus 334. You think they had a plus 334 because of Joey Gallo, Justin Turner, and Cody Bellinger? Yes or no? Um. Two of those guys, I would say, contributed, yes. 
A lot. You know what? They played every day. You're that guy that's just trying to just 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 trying to act like your argument is is good. I'm, I'm not. Plus three thirty four had nothing to do with Cody Bellinger and Joey Gallo. Turner, eh? If Turner was such an important piece when they brought him back, they got the money. Yeah, well, I mean, they brought they brought him Martinez. He's like the same age. I mean, wouldn't they brought Justin? I mean, Justin Turner. And by the way, Justin Turner, just to look him up, he's like thirty. Justin Turner literally could not hit at the beginning of the year. He got he he got somewhat respectable in the second half, but his bat speed was exposed. I mean, 13 home runs from your from your third baseman who stinks defensively. Stinks. Yeah. He He's drove, terrible. He drove in 81 runs. You don't care about RBIs. We'll take that away from your run differential there. That's not helping. Bellinger's Bellinger was off when he still drove in 60 runs somehow. Because they got a ton of guys on base. Well, it helps when you have Freeman and Betts get, hitting in front That's of what you. I'm saying. <laughs> Those names mean nothing to me. Just, just Will the Dodgers win the West this year? Oh, I, I, I preface it by saying yes, they would. I, I, before we even start, started talking about okay. it, I said they would. So, Cody Bellinger, Joey Gallo. I mean, if anybody they hurt is Walker Bueller. I mean, here's what Lux did last year. In 420 bats, he hit 276, six home runs and 42 runs. I mean – they can they can replace that. They can. They've got they've got money. They've got talent. They've got the wherewithal. I think it's absolutely crazy that people in San Diego. Well, I think your list is crazy, and I think people in San Diego are crazy. I think you're all crazy. But don't matter. After the year, they're going to sign Otani, so they'll have Otani to DH. Yeah, I said it. Otani's going to be a Dodger. Makes sense, right? Does it make sense for him to go to the Dodgers? You think he doesn't want to? Go, I don't. I just don't feel like he can handle. He wants to handle the New well, York. I media. don't think he's going to be a Royal. Well, yeah, we could. All right, we could throw out the bot. The, the I don't think he's going to be a Marlin. He's not going to be a Pirate. I don't think he's going to be a Ray. I don't think he's going to be a Twin or a Brewer or a White Sox, and he's not be a Cub. Not going to be a Cardinal. Well, and they're not going to be a Cardinal. I can see that there's only one reason why he's going to be an Astro. He's not going to be a Ranger. I can only see one reason why he'd go to the Cubs. So he, to, to get the Midwest market? Uh, well, no. He <laughs> he could play with Seiya Suzuki. Probably no other. Stop. It's going. Um, I would say the Dodgers or the Mets. I mean, I guess the Giants will probably throw money at him. Seattle could be a dark horse for him. That would. You know what? Maybe we should do. Maybe. You know what? You do that. Come up with a legit list. He's not going to be a D-back. No. Not going to be a well. The Padres, well, apparently, the Padres would. Padres are on the list because they <laughs> offer everybody money. So Padres are on. My top five right now will be Padres, Dodgers, Mariners, Giants, and Mets. How about this? Are you really like if the Padres do not win the West, do not make a run in the postseason, and they're sitting here talking World Series or bust? What do you do? Be honest. What do you do? AJ Preller's had his job. He's he spent, rebuilt, spent, rebuilt. He's done all this crazy stuff, AJ, and he's had his job since like fourteen. Yeah. Like, at what point are you like? I'm now guaranteed well over a billion dollars in salary, and we haven't won anything. One point zero one four billion, to be exact. And now you're going to allow him to go out and sign Shohei Otani to fifty million a year? Like what? It it just came out this morning. Let me. I have the exact number. Let me grab it. There was an article in The Athletic from Ken Rosenthal, you know, highlighting the Aaron Judge saga. And apparently 
The Padres offered somewhere in the range of $415 million over at least 12 years for Aaron Judge. Okay, so think about that. At that point, they hadn't signed Xander Bogarts. Correct. Bogarts signed for like a 280, 285? 280, yeah. I think, was, I think it was two. It was one of them. Is it, okay. I think it was two. Doesn't really matter, right? Okay, so you now offered Aaron Judge $100 million more than Xander Bogarts. The reason why I say that is that their, commi- their commitment – of past 2024 is over a billion dollars, right? Correct. So you'd be at like 1.1 something if Aaron Judge would have signed, guaranteed after 2024. Instead of being at a billion point zero four, whatever you say it is, it'd be over 1.1 billion. And now you're going to go after – now you still got to sign Soto. That's 400-something. That's a commitment of now 1.5 billion. I mean – we're throwing around billions trying to build a ballpark. They're throwing out billions. They don't have that money. That's the thing. They don't have it. They, I mean, you're, you're spending everything you have. And nowhere in life is that ever good. But no, you, Nowhere in life does anyone advise you every cent, every cent, where's your wallet, where's your phone, I, I can pay, Apple Pay. No one ever says in life, spend everything you got. Nobody. Nobody uses that as a success barometer. Nobody who's successful says, take everything you got, spend it, good luck. Plus, so, plus everyone keeps saying what we keep hearing Buster and Tim Kirchner talked about the other day. Otani, could, the contract negotiation can start with him with $60 million a year. And if you're paying, that's $600 million if you pay him for 10 years. $60 million a year. So you add that, that's almost $2 billion of Padres if you committed to. If they had signed you Judge You will too. never, ever, ever. Mark the tape, even though my computer's playing. Even <laughs> though it's not tape, mark the tape. You'll never, ever, I question all these deals, correct? Yeah. I crap on these deals. None of these deals are good. It's going to be a ton of bad money. It's ridiculous. What we're doing is a joke. It's an absolute joke. We're going to have a bunch of guys in their late 30s making all this money, and they stink. Because human beings don't get better as they get older unless they're on performance-enhancing drugs. And as long as we don't allow them to take testosterone and we don't allow them to do all this kind of stuff, they age. Justin Turner is a great example. He's aging. He's lost his bat speed. He's not the same guy. Guys start to lose their legs. They're not as fast. Their their vision starts to go. The great Tony Gwynn had a great – Tony Gwynn – was I remember it was a broadcast. It was a national. Remember when he was doing like TBS or whatever. And Tony Dwin said the one thing that people don't talk about with with performance enhancing drugs it was mainly steroids. Is steroids work? Right. That's why we give. When my father was dying and he was in the hospital, you get it's a difference. Not anabolic steroids, but when they gave my dad steroids, my dad could get up and walk around the hospital. I mean, like all of a sudden he looked like a different guy. Steroids work. Right? Anabolic steroids, these steroids that these athletes have used all these years, it works. What's the one thing steroids do that no one ever talked about? Do you know? Took away eyesight? Improved eyesight. Oh, improved. Okay. It improved your eyesight. I thought you were going to say it was a side effect of taking it away. No, it improved it. So as guys are getting older, F.P. Santangelo, who's back in the Bay Area, right? Is he still doing stuff on KMBR? Nice on KMBR, yeah. Yeah. F.P. Santangelo told me, he's like, man, by the time he was like 32, he couldn't see. He couldn't see the spin on the ball. Players will tell you that. Well, now I'm 38 years old and I'm hitting jacks because I feel like I'm 27 because I'm on PEDs and my eyesight's great again. 
So until we start let, allowing these guys to take stuff, you're throwing money at guy 37th. You think Manny Machado's going to be great through this contract or Xander Bogarts? I mean, it's ridiculous the money we're paying these guys. Nando. But with all that said, there's one guy. I said mark the tape. There's one guy that I will not complain about the money, and that is Shohei Otani. Do you know why? Because he's going to make you money? That's that's it. He's a, he's a return ROI, folks. Look it up. Return on investment. Trey Turner, no. Xander Bogarts, no. Dansby Swanson, no. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, I think, yes. Yeah, he's get yeah. Aaron Judge puts butts in the seats. Carlos Correa, I get no return on investment. The Giants are so lucky they didn't sign him. Who are, are people really lining up? I gotta get my season tickets. I got a shortstop who's gonna be hurt and maybe hit twenty five home runs. No. Carlos Rodon is a big pitcher. Who's Carlos now, Rodon now hurt? Go ahead, tell him breaking news today. Yeah, uh, left forearm strain for the Yankees. Going to be on the injured list. Probably, most likely going to miss the start of the season. Who else? Tommy Canely and Lou Trevino to go along with Frankie Montas. Did we find out, Sweet Lou? What's oh uh, yeah? Let me see. I was supposed to look that up. But Shohei Otani is the one guy. That's a return on investment. You're investing. You're saying I'm elbow I'm, elbow strain for Lou also. Ugh. I am going to pay this guy because he's going to make me money. You could talk all you want about he wins games as a starting pitcher and what he does as a hitter and all that. I am paying Shohei Otani because he's going to make me money. A lot of it. You open a whole new stream of income, international business, international sponsorships. Shohei Otani, whoever grabs him after Anaheim, is going to make, and maybe it still is Anaheim. I don't know. Uh, but it's going to be, he makes you money. Carlos Correa makes you nothing. Yeah, I agree. Well, I agree about Otani. Return on investment. He may be the greatest return on investment since Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth saved baseball. Look it up, folks. Babe Ruth, baseball was struggling, depression, tough times. Babe Ruth showed up. The three games, whatever team they were playing would sell out put money in their bank accounts, Babe would go to the next city, they'd sell out, and Babe Ruth helped keep baseball alive. He was a cash cow for the game of baseball. You want to know your importance in baseball? How important are certain guys in baseball? Well, let me tell you something. A lot of the guys you think are important, they ain't that important. I'll tell you, there's a there's a handful of guys that are really, really important because they help the business be strong. They help the game be strong. And Babe Ruth, I, I, it's, I've always laughed when people try to uh, – They, I always laugh when people try and discount Babe Ruth. This sport's not this sport without Babe Ruth. Don't ever forget that. And Shohei Otani, return on investment, huge. All right, spring training. You've said it for years. What? I've always wanted to go. I have. I'm not talking about you. I'm oh. talking the, oh, you the said consumer. That, you, look, you said that, then you looked at me like, oh, you've always wanted to go. I know you were <laughs> just there. You're privileged. Well, we didn't go to a game, so, yeah, I've always wanted to go. I've always wanted – God, I've always wanted to go, or I want to go back. Well, we're going to give you a reason to go back. Joe Pun is the man that runs Ho-Ho Can Stadium for the athletics. Uh, they do a great job. When you show up at our stadium, it essentially is – 
it it's it's the A's stadium. It's A's everywhere. It's not like Phoenix Muni used to be. It, it, it's a completely different vibe. He's the director of spring training business operations. You see him all over the place. He runs the show in Mesa. Here is my interview with Joe Pun. Joining us on A's Cast Live, when you go to spring training, this is the guy that's controlling everything. He is the director of spring training business operations for the Oakland Athletics, and Ho-Ho Cam is his part. Joe Pun joins us here on A's Cast Live. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. It, it truly is an honor and a privilege. It's great. Well, I, I just think about, you know, when people come down to spring training, everybody talks about what a great time. It's the best. We love this. We love that. You know, they're coming down to your baby. This is what you do. This is your time of year. What is this season like? It's spring training. Games are going on when we're recording this. The athletics today are going to be taking on Columbia, the Colombian team from the WBC. Just talk about this time of year for you. You know what? Spring training is great. You know, I think it's a chance for obviously a reset for everybody. Everybody's in first place. Everybody's excited about what this season looks like. But more importantly, I think even regardless of if they're A's fans or if they're fans of the visiting team, it's a chance for them to kind of get out of the cold. I know it might be a little bit rainy in the Bay Area today. Oh, yeah. In Arizona. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so we've got we've got some sunshine out here today, thankfully, and, you know, a little bit a little bit warmer. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, you know, coming to this stadium, this is our ninth year. Um, they hired me really right after, uh, we closed down Phoenix Muni and trying to figure out what this place is going to look like. And it's become like, for lack of a better term, like an oasis for, uh, A's fans, you know, it's green and gold. It's kind of just, it's our stadium. Like it's, it's a great place to be. And we try to make sure that obviously the games don't count. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just experience. We want to make sure that they have a great time here. Um, whether they're an A's fan or a fan of the visiting team, it doesn't matter. Once you walk through those gates, like your family to us, and you know, that's, that's kind of my job that for the next, uh, well, re remainder of this month and for three months leading into this. So, yeah, one thing, you know, really want to let A's fans know that when they come down to this ballpark. You know, Phoenix Muni was not like this. Phoenix Municipal, so many different people played there. And I know there's a lot of different games that are played at Ho-Ho Cam, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But when you come to this ballpark in Mesa, Arizona, from the moment you show up, you walk around, it is truly our. It is the Oakland A's training facility. It's our spring training ballpark. Everywhere you look, it screams Oakland A's. It's something I think we're all very proud of. Yeah, I mean, it, it is really great to have a place to call home, especially out here in Mesa. Like the city of Mesa has been great to us. We have two teams here. It's us and the Cubs. Um, this used to be the Cubs old stadium. There's a lot of history here. Um, but for us to kind of move in and make it our own and kind of put our little spin on it, make sure that, you know, our brand of baseball and, you know, how we're having experiences for the fans, whether they want to watch the game or they just want to come out and have a good time. Like that's that's my job. And um, I think we've done a, a pretty good job at it. You know, it's, it's great to see familiar faces from Oakland come down here. Like we had right field will the other day. We had a bunch of other season ticket holders that are season ticket holders in both locations. Um, it's great to, to see them come down and then experience what we've got. We try to do things a little bit differently. Our brand of uh, spring training is more traditional old school type of spring training, like up close and personal. 
smaller stadium. You know, we've got a lot of charm that goes in here. Um, and we try to make sure that, you know, from the second that they drive on the property, um, whether it's our parking attendants or the guys at the gates or security guards, like they're all, they've all been here for the last nine years with me. Like that's another great thing about HoCam is that our staff, if you come and watch a game here, like in 2015, if you watch a game here yesterday, generally speaking, it's going to be the same people. And we've been really lucky about that to have them come back year in and year out. And then it just build relationships with our fans. So it's, it's been great. It really goes hand in hand with the Oakland A's brand because the Oakland A's brand has always been a family atmosphere. You have mm -hmm. people, you know, we just had Steve Vucinich and Keith Lippman retire. Both guys have been here 52 and 54 years. There's so many employees that have been here for 40 years, 30 years. I, I try to explain it to people, you know, especially in business operations and also in the baseball operations. It's like a family business. If you look at, you know, how long David Forrest, our general manager, has been here, uh, Billy Bean, who's still here, and everybody under them, it's that's something special. And, and I love what you say, like, if I come here this year and I was there five years ago, or I'm here five, or I come five years from now, I'm going to see the same faces. It's that family atmosphere that you guys have created that Oakland has had for years. You have it there in Mesa. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's a testament to kind of like how we do things. I think organizationally, like you said, it's very family oriented. You know, we're all in this together. Um, granted, a lot of our staff here really aren't actually technically employees of the A's. They're third party vendors, but they come back year in and year out because they love our fans. They love the people that come to the ballpark. They build relationships. You know, when you go up to, to gate C and you, you see a familiar face there, you see uh, Matt or Chuck scanning your tickets. It's like, man, I haven't seen you in, you know, 11 months. How you been? It's great to see you again. Um, and then even our concession stands and our staff in-house, like, you know, it's our, our primary job I think is, Really, like I said, the games, they're more exhibition, they're more to get work in, the more to see like, hey, what's going to happen this year in Oakland? But when you're down here, it's just more of like, hey, we want to make a good experience. We want to make it so that even if you're not a fan of baseball, like there's something for you to do. There's something for you to enjoy. Um, and uh, and nothing is better than being greeted with like a smile and a handshake and just walking them into the ballpark. I think that's that's kind of what we hang our hat on. So. You know, I when we were last there, I picked up the uh, magazine that they have at the airport for you, and it, and it talks about every single team. And actually, I learned some stuff. I did not realize that Ho-Ho Cam opened up in 1977, and the A's were the first team to play at this ballpark. So I know for years when I went there, it was, as you said earlier, it was the Chicago Cubs. But talk about really our true history was opening up this ballpark where was everybody in 1977? Maybe a lot of people watching this or yeah. listening to this weren't alive, but I was long time ago. But this has been the A's home before. It has, yeah. You know, our history really starts in Mesa. Um, prior to Ho Cam One being built, we were actually at Rendezvous Park, and this is, you know, obviously really old school type of spring training, like what mostly looks like our practice fields today. Um, we started spring training back then, even a little bit earlier um, in the 70s. And then Ho-Cam Park 1, which is actually not this stadium, but very close to this, uh, we were still there and we opened it. And, um, and then from that point on, I'd have to go back and, and check the numbers and the dates, but the Cubs moved in shortly after that. Um, and they built this stadium, which is called Ho-Cam 2. 
um, I believe in the mid to late nineties. Um, and so this stadium has been around for roughly 30 years or so. Um, we've obviously been here for the last nine, but the A's in the city of Mesa, the history goes back, you know, pretty extensively. And some of the people that we work with, obviously with city council and things like that, but even our nonprofit group that does all of our ushers and parking, the Mesa Ho-Ho cams, um, they were the ones originally to bring spring training to the city when we were first here. So it's kind of like a full circle moment for us. And, you know, we love, we do love being here and it's, it's been a great fit. Let's talk about all the new things that are going on. I wasn't able to get out there, but you had now have on the berms. And that's one of the great things about spring training. A lot of yeah, the ballparks yeah. have the berms where you can put the towel out and get a tan and enjoy yourself. It's the sun. But you've got now like a right field deck out there on top of the berm. Let's talk about some of the new things fans can can enjoy. You know what? We're always trying to, you know, think of new concepts that maybe have not been seen before in baseball. Like you said, the berm is like a great addition for spring training just across the board, having that grass sit down like a picnic. Well, we thought about like, how do we make that a little bit more upscale, a little bit more, um, you know, shaded and private? So um, myself and Steve Finelli, the great Steve Finelli, we were looking at this and like, what if we did some type of deck out there? That's not necessarily like a hospitality area per se. It's not a party deck. It's just a place that, hey, I want to go catch the game out in right field, get some rays, but also have like a nice patio furniture with some some shade and maybe some lawn seats and patio games. So uh, right after the Super Bowl, we started building this thing and uh, we named it aptly the bullpen. And so uh, in, in right field, we actually have a double stack bullpen for the stadium. So we have ourselves and then the visiting team. Um, and then right behind that, we have the new bullpen uh, for our fans to kind of enjoy a game out there. It's been great. We've got big uh, Connect Four. We've got, you know, a lot of patio games. Um, like I said, uh, nice cushion seats, lawn chairs, shade. Um, and what we're trying to do is, you know, just give a little bit of a different experience. You don't see that a lot at some of the other ballparks. And Testing it out, honestly, it's just like spring training for this season. We're testing it, trying to figure out how is this going to work, but it's been great. People love it, um, and I like to say, you know, we encourage people to go out there and warm up in the bullpen uh, on a nice sunny day during spring training. It's been great. And one thing that we love as A's fans, we love good food, and we love some food trucks, and I yeah. think that option has been great. You got food trucks down the left field line. When did you guys finally decide, was it what was happening in Oakland? I mean, what was the, the decision, food trucks, and let's have the best food options possible for the fans? When did you guys decide that? Yeah, actually, year one, we started bringing in food trucks. We wanted to mix it up a little bit. I mean, obviously, you come to a baseball game, you want to have a hot dog, you want to have a hamburger, you want to get, you know, peanuts and Cracker Jacks and things like that. That's a staple. Absolutely, we'll have that. But we also wanted to have just a couple of different options um, a little bit more crafty type of food. Um, honestly, the first food truck that we started working with was actually the last year at Muni, and it's a staple here at the ballpark, and it's mustache pretzels. So it's just a, a more premium pretzel that's shaped like a mustache. It looks like Raleigh fingers, perfect for our team. It comes with two little uh, um, toothpicks on it. People take photos with it all the time. Um, and uh, in addition to that, we've got uh, Mexican food. We've got wood-fired pizza that they will cook right there on site for you. They don't make it until you order it. Um, we've got the corn dog company. 
you know, um, craft coffee with Luana's, just really high-end coffee drinks, like things that aren't necessarily traditional baseball food, but just bring some life to the ballpark. Um, and I'll tell you, the first thing that people get once they walk through the gates every year, if they haven't been here, is they go straight to that mustache pretzel truck and get that pretzel. It's it's awesome. I love it. It is the best. It's such a great experience. And I'm glad that everything's getting back to normal and A's fans can get down there and enjoy spring training. Cause yes, you're right. It is raining again here today. It's like, they're going to change our name to the Seattle A's. It rains every single day, but I uh, can't wait to get back down there. I'll be back down this weekend. Joe, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I mean, you're really busy. You got a big game today with a WBC team going to be there. I know your whole staff is meeting as we speak, but uh, taking the time, we truly appreciate it. You do an outstanding job job you and your staff are second to none thank you so much and we'll see you this weekend hey thanks again for having me guys appreciate it and yeah and you haven't been down please come visit us we got a couple more weeks left love to see you go ace there you go a little spring Boom, training just like that all right thanks guys whoops my bad wow poor producing by you me saying goodbye to the great joe pun well at least at least people heard you say goodbye again well, there you go. Uh, does that get you get you fired up to get down to Arizona? At least, I mean, now, I mean, if you if you can't hop on a quick flight, plan for next year. I mean, spring training's awesome. If you love baseball, you love sunshine, it's the way to go. All righty, coming up next, we have some trivia for Johnny. Dodgers trivia. Dodgers trivia. Know your Dodgers. Know your Dodgers next. Right here on Ace Cast Live. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. All right, an atmospheric river. You know what an atmospheric river is? It's a very fancy term. It's something with rain, but I have no idea what it actually does. It's what's happening as we speak here in the Bay Area. I just call it rain. Atmospheric River is a long, narrow band of tropical moisture that's carried along mid and upper parts of the atmosphere. The rivers in the sky can transport significant amounts of water vapor from tropical regions near the quarter to mid-latitude locations in Northern California. That, and then I just got my... My update from the San Jose Mercury News uh, that this is the heaviest storm we are going to get hit by that's happening right now. It's like I'm breaking news to you. I know it's raining outside. We just walked out there. It was raining. That this is the heaviest that we've seen since January. And here Johnny is sitting down there in 70 degrees Mesa, Arizona with his tan and his sunscreen. And we're all here with canoes and lifeboats trying to figure out how we're, it's going to rain for like the next week. I hope you feel for us when you're sitting there in your polo and your shorts and we're sitting here drenched. 
I, I feel for you a little bit, Downey, but I'll say this. <laughs> Hazy skies. It is, actually is a little chillier, uh, but it's in the 70s. No complaints at all, Downey. No, it's great here. It's great here. So I, I, it, it does sound like it's going to pour over there, though, so good luck with that. Well, I'm out of here. I'll be. I'll see you on Saturday. I'll be back in Arizona. Nice. I'm, getting, I'm getting out of here. All right. Glad I'm, you're coming out. I'm ditching this spot. Um, before yep. we talk about uh, Mueller, uh, Tarnock, my guy Connor Capel, who I've been bullish on. It's now time for your daily edition of Know That Team. And today we're preview. We previewed uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Tim Neverett came on. Obviously, you know real well. He's uh, his, yes. son, his son does play by play for the uh, Las Vegas Aviators. Matt and he's come on this show many times. Yep. Uh, he talked about how he saw you today, but it's Dodger baseball. How well do you know your Dodgers? Go. Know your Dodgers, question one, Johnny. In the 1990s, the Dodgers had five straight Rookie of the Years. Can you name them? Wow. I, I, I tell you this. I can go Sutcliffe, Sachs, Fernando, and uh, – no, I'm sorry. Sutcliffe, Howell, Fernando, and Sachs, 79-82. That's what I can do. 90s, let's see. Let's go uh, uh, Greg Brock. Is he there? No. Okay, Mike Marshall. No, that's that's that, that was that was past. You got uh, you got you got a wrong think, wrong decade. Later on, later on. <laughs> I got the wrong, got the wrong decade. The wrong one decade. Guy, one guy's Watch. a Hall of Famer. He's also managing a team in the WC. Piazza. That's why. Piazza. Who was the first baseman? Uh, Piazza. Uh, Ek is on Fox Sports. Great hair. Great. Hair. Eric Carlos. Eric Carlos. Of course. Uh, uh, this guy's outfielder. That this is gonna be a tough one, but uh, think split finger fastball from Japan. Oh, Hideo Nomo. Hideo yep. Nomo. Okay. okay, and then two outfielders uh, and outfielder, huh? You got? Can you give me initials? Uh, his there. son. His son is currently playing right now for the Red Sox as a shortstop. Oh, uh, in the nineties, R M are his initials. He was a slug, thick, slugging, fast guy in the outfield. Who do you got? Raul Mondesi. And the other guy's Todd Hollinsworth. That's a hard one to get. All right, yeah. second question. Who was the last yeah. Dodgers infielder, infielder to win the National League MVP award? The last Dodger infielder to win the MVP. Is it, uh, is it Garvey? That's correct. Bing, There's bing, one. Bing, bing, bing. Had a baby. 19, 1974, right? Oh, Correct. he got, got the, the year. year. Yeah, there you go. The great Johnny Dosco got the year. I love it. They lost in the World Boom. Series that year to the A's. Members of the yep. Dodgers all switch hitting infield. Can you now, name any of them? Now, I want yes, you, I can. I yes, I can. I want you to know this was my father's favorite trivia question, and I'm calling this the Marty Lurie special because <laughs> Marty Lurie – I mean, if anybody know this, it's the great Marty Lurie, our historian, who's now on KMBR 680, does a great job, formerly on our broadcast, now on the Giants broadcast, Bay Area Radio Hall of Famer, Marty Lurie. Absolutely, Marty Lurie, Bay Area Hall of Famer, legend. Uh, Who do you got? All switch hitting infield. All switch hitters. Uh, Is Jimmy the Cat Lefevre one of them? One. One. Okay. Uh, Maury Wills? That's two. Two. Okay. Uh, uh, Wes, Wes Parker. That's yes, three. three. One more. One more. Uh, one more. Okay. Uh, Jim Gilliam. That's, uh, ah! 
Okay. Johnny D. Johnny D with the grand. Touch them all. You'll never big a hit a bigger home run in your life. All right. So. Love it. Oh, nope. that's so good. Now, remember one of those names because he's the answer to the next question. I won't say oh, which one. What? We got more? First home run ever hit by a Dodger at Dodger Stadium. It's one of those guys. it got to be Wes Parker, right? No. Uh, Jimmy the Catlin Fever? No. Not Maury Wills. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not Maury Wills. <laughs> the, the guy you named last. Right. Jim Gilliam in April 11th, 1962. Bonus okay. trivia. This is this yeah. this is for the brand new car. You get this, okay. you get the brand new car. First right. home run ever hit at the LA Coliseum by a Dodgers player. Remember they played at the Coliseum before Dodger yeah. Stadium was built. Is it is it Wally Moon? <sighs> oh, was, from what I my research showed, it was Dick Gray in the second game of the season. Oh, that's a great question. Hank Sauer hit the first ever home run for the Giants in game one against the Dodgers. So there you go. Know your L.A. Coliseum Dodgers. Right, exactly. <laughs> we had a trop, We had a question about the trop, uh, Tropicana Field that we'll save for later when we play the race. The Trop, okay. yes. Because uh, we saw today their MLB Network was was doing this special about, you know, the, the Rays and an expansion team. The great Alice Cooper performed – uh, the first game ever at the Trop. I did not know that. That will be, that'll be part of your Know Your Rays day when we preview the Tampa Bay Rays. All right, these games are not on TV. You know I'm loving me some Kyle Muller. I like me some six seven confident lefty. Uh, how did he look? He looked good, especially early on. His stuff was crisp. Slider looked really sharp. Uh, you know, and look, as we get into the – you know, these guys throwing, you know, 50, 55, uh, they'll get now throw close to 60 pitches. They can let it go a little bit. So I, I thought he looked really good, Townie. You know, uh, it's uh, I think he's he's got a great chance of being in the starting rotation. I think he will be. Uh, and uh, he's just pitching with a lot of confidence right now. And he'll just keep getting better and better as he gets stretched out. So I, I thought it was good performance by him for sure. Well, my God, if we keep talking about everybody's going to do the six man rotation, you may get a couple starts this year. Yeah, there could be a lot of. I mean, look, and this is a big start for Adam Oller today. Adam Oller's getting the start for for the A's today, and it's a big start for him with that, the new grip on his slider and see how he can do. He's had some good outings, so you know, look, it's spring training, and I know it's early. People like say, oh, it's so early and everything, but guys are competing for jobs right now. Yeah, so I don't think these, it's these early. Are, these are important starts for these guys, so you can't downplay it. I know? mean, how is this early? It's March eighth. Yeah, season starts March thirty first. What's early? I mean. In a couple yeah. of weeks, you're either going to be here or you're not. Every right. at bat, every inning right now matters. So, I mean, I mean, just to, I mean, when I say it's not early, I'm trying to pull up my calendar here. When you start looking at it's not early, my God, I mean, it's the ninth. Yeah. You're, you're, you got basically two weeks, and then there's going to be the break. First game is March 31st. I mean, yeah. if someone's saying it's early, uh, you're late to the – you're a horse that's at the back of the pack and secretariat and everybody's lapping you at this point. Um, you know, you mentioned Adam Aller. Adam Aller, we had a great discussion with him at spring where he talked about, you know, learning yourself and then learning how to compete at this level. It was Stephen Vogt who took him under his wing. Let's figure out what you do well. And then let's look at the scouting reports 
and learn what you do well, how that goes up against the hitter's weaknesses that we are going to face. And it was a whole process. Uh, process. Is the uh, interview still on YouTube? Yeah, it's all, all of our interviews are up there. From it's the fascinating because it really takes you into learning how to pitch and compete at this level. It's not all just God-given ability. Everybody throws hard. Everybody's got spin. Everybody's got that. But how do you apply that and actually do the only thing? There's only one thing that matters. Your velocity doesn't matter. Your spin rate doesn't None of that matters. I don't care what any of these dorks uh, 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 on, on Twitter say. The only thing that matters, do you get outs? You can have the greatest velocity. You can have the greatest spin rate. You don't get outs, your ass is going back to the minor leagues. The number one thing, do you get out? And that's something Adam Aller learned how to be a pro at the second half of last year, and a lot because of Stephen Vogt. You talk about veteran leadership in a clubhouse. Johnny, man, that is huge. Adam Aller is a different guy now than what we saw at the beginning of last year. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is with Adam Aller, he's not fighting himself so much anymore. You know, he got so frustrated before. And, and he, he talked to somebody, and it really helped out. And, you know, he's a guy that – you know, he, he would take every every piece of failure he used to have, he took that with him and it bottled up and he got so upset and he's learned how to manage it. He's learned how to understand failure and uh, I don't mean to say so much embrace it, but he's he kind of understands how the game works a little bit more. And so he's not fighting himself as much. And I think that's key. So, you know, one home run doesn't doesn't make a bad start. Uh, I think he's I think he's a different guy now in the way he approaches the game. And I think having that one-on-one time with Stephen Vogt and Vogt's done it with a lot of guys that gets that one-on-one time with them and kind of gives them a different perspective on themselves. And I think Vodi did that with, uh, with Adam Aller, but again, this is a huge start for Aller and, you know, people may downplay it, but I, th- I think it's big. So yeah, he is a different guy now and, and we'll see what, see what happens today. Well, yeah, I, I mean, all these guys are going to play. I mean, just, people just need to understand where we are in every organization, let alone the A's. We used 30 pitchers last year. We're going to use more than that this year. And it's just a reality. I mean, I, even the Mets, they're spending all this money, and they're talking about a six-man rotation. It's, 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 I, I hate it, but it is where we is. Uh, Drew Rusinski, you know, uh, as, as they like to say, he is the American version of Shohei Otani over in Korea. Uh, I don't know if that means he was a human ATM like Shohei Otani is for the Angels. But uh, obviously a special story goes over to the KBO, dominates. He's a star over there. Let's see how it translates back over here. It could be big for the A's. It could be. You know, and look, his story is amazing because he was in independent ball. He was going to go over Korea for one year. He and his wife said, and uh, Matt Kawar had a great article on it. He was going to go for one year. He ended up four years over there. And he was a ground ball machine, and he learned how to pitch. And so he's just a great story. He's a great guy. And, uh, look, he he was going to start today, but Kotze said, you know, I, I want him to go four innings, and I want Aller to go four innings. I'm, I need bullpen to get some work. So he's going to go over to the minor league uh, park and face hitters for four innings and get his work in. So that's how it kind of get both guys both guys the work. But look, he, he's he is. Uh, I I think he's primed for a good year. He he figured something out in, in Korea, and I think it's going to pay off here. He's been a ground ball machine. Yeah, and that and, and and you know that's something that you can find right when the A's are where we are. You know, it's it's not like you're going to go find a bunch of Fuji's guys throwing 100 with a 92 mile an hour split. 
you're not going to find a lot of those guys. But Rusinski is a guy that if you can find, and for the price, is just gold. Well, I, d- I just read an article that uh, the Cubs were really, really serious about going after Rusinski, but the A's beat him to it. So the Cubs really wanted this guy. There's something to it. And uh, look, Rusinski, I think he's he's got a great got a great chance to be in the rotation and. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. But what a, what a road he has traveled, man. His first year, uh, 2013, uh, I believe, started with the Angels, then went to independent ball, then back to the Angels. He's bounced around uh, independent leagues and, and went to Korea, and now he's found this niche. He's 34 years old, and I feel in the prime of his career. So he's going to do some damage this year. I think it'll be good. What do you got about Chad Smith, who the A's acquired from the Colorado Rockies, obviously going to play a big part in the Athletics bullpen? Yeah, he's a key guy in that bullpen Townie. Great slider. Uh, I don't, the metrics say one of the better sliders in the game. And uh, he, he's another guy, ground ball machine. You can throw that slider. I've seen him throw it five, six, seven times in a row, and they can know it's coming and still have trouble with it. It's just got yeah. <laughs> great movement on it. And I – and look, he's 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 primed to have a good year too. He's figured something out as well. And I think just being with these uh, these pitching coaches here with Emo and company and McCarthy, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be a key part of that bullpen. He's gonna have a good year. That is the sign of a great pitch when everybody in the ballpark knows what's coming and still yeah. guys can't hit it. It's what made well, Mariano Rivera with the cutter, Trevor Hoffman with the changeup, Bruce Suter with the split finger, uh, you know, guys who have just blown straight gas. But that's when, when a guy steps on the mound and goes, all right, everybody, this is what's going on. You either hit it or you don't. Yeah. That's when you got a good pitch. And that's what we got today with the Dodgers. This starter, uh, Ryan Pepio, he's got an outstanding changeup. And he's he's thrown it four or five, six times in a row. It's got some sinky. It's got almost a Dallas Braden type changeup, almost a screwball-ish, where it just darts and it fades. And it, I, I'm excited to see. Because I watched him pitch last year in Oklahoma City, and this guy's got incredible stuff. And he's competing for the number five job with Gonsolin out. He has a chance. He's going to compete with Grove. Uh, to try to get that number five spot in the Dodger rotation. So so this is a big start for him as well, and he'll be around 55, 60 pitches as well. I'm just looking it up. It's been a while that I've been in Oklahoma City, but if you're in Oklahoma City, yes, it's still open. Uh, right across from the ballpark, Mickey Mantle yes. Steakhouse yes. in Oklahoma City is phenomenal. It is one of the best steakhouses I've ever been to. It's hard to believe it's in Oklahoma. Like, you go in there, and it's very elegant. They have they have just black and white pictures of Yankees, Mickey Mantle. It's not this, like, you threw up baseball like Don and Charlie's. It's just very beautiful, black and white, and they're very subtle, beautiful steak. There's always a jazz band playing in the bar. Mickey Mantle Steakhouse uh, you've been there multiple times. Yeah. It is phenomenal. Incredible. And, Tony, we always looked at the schedule. Whenever I saw the schedule, the first thing we'd look at, Oklahoma City, please have a day game. Please have a day game. And if you didn't have a day game, you're like, no, because by the time you get out, it was too late for a yeah. night game. And, and then not up for lunch. So that, that was the do or die. As soon as you saw the schedule, give me a day game so I can go to Mickey Mantle Steakhouse. I agree. Phenomenal steaks. No. And you know what? I would say this, you know, back in my partying days, you could get into some trouble in downtown Oklahoma City. There was some fun. There was some fun places. Yeah, don't sleep on Bricktown. Don't sleep on Bricktown. There no, was, that's a good. There that's was a good area. There was the one place that you went, and it was massive. And there was like an '80s section, a '90s section, a disco section. I, yeah. I, 
Yeah, right. He, it was like it was like this was, place is cool. That was right across from the ballpark as well. Yeah, Bricktown. Bricktown's a really really cool area, and it just continues to grow. And there's a spaghetti place there. It's all sorts of great restaurants there, yeah. and it's yeah, I love that. Just walk to the ballpark from the hotel. Oklahoma City's a great place. Underrated the 405. Underrated. I will I will tell you this. I saw the times of some of these WBC games without the pitch timer, and I am out. Yeah. I am no longer. I am officially retired. Uh, I saw Japan, China was three hours and 46 minutes. Wow. Yeah. I- Italy, Cuba was three hours and 41. Johnny, yeah. you, Johnny, you called these games solo. There's no, I mean, can, you're going to get used to the, I mean, you've been getting used to this being in the minor leagues. I mean, going back to sitting there talking for almost four hours about what I'm done. I'm out. I'm done with it. Yeah, they were, there were some long games. I remember even in 2021, I think we had, maybe it was last year, we had a game in Reno that was 335, and it should have been 450. It would have been 450, maybe five hours if not for the pitch clock. So it was actually a relief having a three-and-a-half-hour game in Reno because some of those 16, 15 debacles were so long. So it was, it was nice. The, the pitch clock really helped out, and I got a feel for it in, in, in AAA, and now I think everybody's – enjoying it here i haven't heard too many negative things about the pitch clock from too many people since it's just it's exciting brand of baseball it's more more action and and crisper i i, I think uh, I, i'm on it I, I i personally wouldn't have minded it gone to 17 22 instead of 15 20 but but 15 20 guys are making the adjustment yeah i don't i just don't know what the you know when i've heard people say well why not 18 and it's like you know you set a time and you know they got to get the snap off in the nfl they got to get yeah. the, they got to get the shot off in the NBA. I mean, we're yeah. seeing it doesn't matter if it's college football, college bass. I mean, everywhere you look, people have a clock and they figure it out. It's not rocket science here. Yeah, you know, we uh, look back in the day when in the seventies and eighties, these games were going two and a half hours because you didn't need a pitch clock because it was guys would get stay in the box and pitchers would stay on you know get off the rubber loop, get back on quick, and, and you wouldn't need it. You already had a kind of built in pitch timer, right? Guys would work quickly, but. Over the course of time, the game's gotten a lot slower and guys taking their time, so they needed it. They needed to do this. So I think it's a good thing overall. Uh, are you – is is uh, the Hall of Famer with you today, Ken Korak? Yes, he is. Ken Korak's with me today. So so looking forward to working with him today at the dot, seeing, seeing some uh, – you look, even the Dodgers lineup that doesn't have the big hitters in it with no, no Freddie Freeman, no Max Muncie, no Mookie Betts, it's still a good lineup. Like they have so much depth that they still have a pretty good lineup. JD Martinez is in it. Uh, they have uh, Vargas as a starter. Jason Hayward is, is in the lineup. Uh, you have Yanni Hernandez, chance to make the club. Michael Bush of the prospects. Stephen Duggar, former Giant, is, is in the lineup. So it's still a pretty decent lineup with some, and Pepeo pitching. So uh, we'll see what happens here, man. Should be should be a lot of fun, Tony. Looking all, forward to it. All of that doesn't matter. I want to know one. You want you want to hook me. You want to get me to sit around and listen to baseball all day long. There's going to be yeah. one thing that hooks me. You got to promise me. You ready? What do you got? I need Ken Korak doing Vince Scully today. Yeah, you know what? He was just doing it. He was just doing it just now. It's <laughs> it's awesome. He did. He gave me a Farmer John. He gave me like a minute of it. I, I, it was heaven. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna insist. Yes, insist. So, you want yeah. you you want to keep me around? I need yeah. Korak and I need Vince Scully on the broadcast. Done deal. Have a good call, buddy. Thanks, bro. See ya. Korak does a very underrated Vince Scully. I don't know if you know that.
Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Dodger Baseball. I do a horrible Vince Scully. I've heard the. I've only ever heard him do the Farmer John. That's it. Farmer John and Dodger Baseball. That's all. Yeah, I've never heard him actually. I, I if, when we play the Dodgers this year, I can't remember if it's here or if it's in L.A. If it's here, and I see Ken before the game, I'll I'll ask him to do it for us. Maybe we should bring him on down on the field and just have him do a whole interview as as Vince Scully. It's a beautiful night here in Chavez Ravine, and make sure you get a Dodger dog from Farmer John. Can you imagine Vin calling uh, the first home run ever hit at the LA Coliseum by the Dodgers, Dick Gray, or when can you Jim Gilliam? Vin, can you imagine Vin showing up to the LA Coliseum, which you now see it. The track is gone. There used to be the monster track, of course, if you remember the 84 Olympics, which you don't. The monster track. So they had baseball, and there was the track. And, I mean, I mean, can you imagine Vin going, this is where we're going to play? The, the porch to left field, it was like it was like a pitching wedge to get it out of there. I can't imagine trying to pitch there. Now L.A. Coliseum home to the USC Trojans, That correct? is correct. And Ooh. and for a, a, before the Rams, then they came back, the Rams. Yeah, the Rams, when the Rams. When the Rams came back and when I was traveling with the Raiders, our preseason games against them where it was at the L.A. Coliseum. Now they play at Which that, is a dump. Now they play at that sparkling new stadium, SoFi, which is the host of. I haven't of, done SoFi. I was trying to go at the beginning of April. That's where WrestleMania is at this year, SoFi. Ooh. Two nights of WrestleMania at SoFi Stadium. What's that ticket going to be like? When we looked, nosebleeds were like 400 Why would you spend 400 for nosebleeds? That's what I mean. Like, I wasn't going to spend. 400 yeah. Wait, how's it two nights? They switched it to two nights now. The last couple of years has been two nights. What? Yeah, they put so many matches When's on. When's the main event? Sunday night. What? But there's only one main event? They get- no, they have a main event Saturday night and they have a main event Sunday night. So like, I- The Intercontinental Championship? No, the main The ev- Working Man's Champion? Uh, That guy, by the way, the guy did it. He was in the Royal Rumble for over an hour. He was the last guy eliminated. Who? The guy that's the Intercontinental Champion now. Who is the Intercontinental? His name's Gunther. It's He's not- Austrian. It's not... It's not- Randy Macho Man Savage anymore? It's not the Honky Tonk Man. Not him anymore. Not Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect? Oh, the late Kurt Henning. Uh, and mean, the late Macho Man. I think of all the great intercontinental. Tito Santana. I can bring all, all the great. The Rock. Inter- what? The Rock? The Rock, oh, he was, Rock, he was was a great, Rock was a great IC champ. When he was first starting yeah. out. Rock got too big to be an intercontinental champion. Oh, that's why he was the, heavy, that's why he was the head, WWE champion. The good old days. Yeah, now, I mean. Wrestling, there's a good storyline right now, but uh, WrestleMania would be cool to go see there. I mean, because we saw it at Santa Clara. We didn't even attack what happened on MLB radio yesterday. I'm going to be very vague. Save it for tomorrow, but yes. yes. Tease it. We have a, I was supposed to start the show with it, but I went somewhere else. We, yeah, we went with uh, WBC Game Times. Peyton Manning, Omaha. Tomorrow, you're not going to believe this, but we've kind of we've kind of – Scott Emerson, I've addressed this with our pitching coach. He didn't like it, didn't want to go there, but it's starting to happen. How about that tease? Something that your pitching coach we know doesn't like, but it's starting to happen, and I don't think he can stop it. And it was a hot topic yesterday on Sirius XM Channel 89, the MLB channel. Um, I don't like it. I think it's bad. And I don't think you have the data to prove it works. I mean, if that doesn't, if that doesn't make you think, how do I can't I can't wait tomorrow for Ace Cast Live? I don't know what. There is something. It it really is mind blowing. The what is happening, and it, there's no data to support it. 
the, the data we do have, it didn't work when they did try it. No. So it's like we're going down a road. It's like, hey, let's all get in a, a luxury liner, pull it, put it on full speed, and race through the Atlantic Ocean knowing there's icebergs everywhere. <laughs> How'd that work out with the Titanic? Uh, not great. Right? Full steam ahead. Well, the Titanic's at the bottom of the ocean. Now we're all getting on Titanic 2, Titanic 3, Titanic 4, and let's race across the Atlantic and see who misses the icebergs. That's where we're going. Am I, am I being a little dramatic? I mean, we're just looking ahead 111 years from when the Titanic actually sank. But, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like this doesn't work, and everybody's about to do it. And it doesn't work. There's plenty of boats at the bottom of the ocean that tried this, and it didn't work. But now, but uh, you know what? But now it's going to work. Now, but now, now it's going to happen. Well, if you ask. It's crazy, and you're spending a boatload of money to do it. It'd be one thing if you're not spending any money. You're You're spending a boatload of money to run into an iceberg and go to the bottom of the sea? I was waiting for you to do Another way to tease it, too, is you can do your correction and talking to a future Hall of Famer. I talked to a future Hall of Famer, and because he's a future Hall of Famer, he's just smarter than everybody else. There's yeah. there, That's part of the tease. Oh. Yeah, future Hall of Famer. Yeah, Hall of Famer. You know Hall of Famer's IQs are just way better than everybody else. Yep. They're the smartest guys in the world. They can solve all the problems because they're in the baseball Hall of Fame. The, the, these guys aren't even in yet. They're immortals. Oh, God. Coming up next, we got A's baseball. It's the Athletics. It's the Dodgers. It's Ken Korak hopefully doing a little Vin Scully. It should be fun, and we'll see everybody tomorrow. I'm telling you, we've got some great stuff for tomorrow. You're going to love it right here on A's Cast Live. Enjoy A's baseball. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.